0: the new 20 20- I'm on fire still uh, These young voices like fire trills. Uh, false alarms uh, The next dawn uh, He ain't got it uh, On to the next one young. I'm still here yeah. I'm Still here Like Mike Gotta stop playing with these children I'm a bully with the bucks let the patent of shoes fool you Young and I got the fully in the tux Now it's my past Now I'm so grown up I don't got one gun on me Gotta sum on me To hire a gun army. Get you spun like laundry And I'll be somewhere under palm trees Calm Listen in the r When we get the call, he's no longer with us Fire your babysitters <laughs> You little... Look- Hello and welcome
1: say, to episode 1730 of Effectively Wild, a baseball podcast from Fangraphs, presented by our Patreon supporters. I am Ben Lindbergh of The Ringer, joined as always by Meg Raleigh of Fangraphs. Hello, Meg. Hello. And we are joined today by two special guests, both halves of Suspicious Family Barbecue, Jake Mintz. Hello, Jake. Hello. And Jordan Schusterman. Hello, Jordan. Hello, we are uh, of course coming to you from the same
2: same place. I know we you know we've been on this podcast before uh sometimes in different countries, different states, different continents, all kinds of fun stuff. But right now I'm sitting right next to Jake. I can give him a little pat on the back yeah. and he can he can feel uh, it and uh but we're excited to be here. But where in the world
1: are you two? I know you're together, but where?
0: We are at a and no ads. <laughs> <laughs> no, as we are at a Holiday Inn Express, uh, somewhere outside Youngstown, Ohio, on our way back from Chicago to the East Coast.
1: Yeah, so we're here to talk about Mike Trout, and we will do that in a moment. But Jake, it's been a few weeks since we had you on episode 1721 to talk about your ride across half the country or so. And you have since completed that ride. So in that time, I have barely left my block. You have biked 1,200 miles. Jordan has driven those same miles and you completed your journey, which for those of you who were not following along, Jake vowed to travel to Chicago last year because he guaranteed that Tony LaRusso would not be hired as the manager of the White Sox and said that if he was, he would walk to Chicago. Of course, LaRusso was hired as manager of the White Sox and Jake kind of lived up to his word in that he biked instead of walking, which is pretty good. And he actually made it so congratulations on completing the journey and now you're on the way back east but Bronx to Chicago we were just talking before we started recording and it sounds as if you were not in pain and it was not as much of a struggle as I suppose it could have been but what were the highlights how was the trip
0: it was great it was difficult but it was not strenuous it was at no point uh, did I seriously doubt that I would complete it. I had a lot of fun, saw a lot of baseball. The riding itself was easier than I anticipated. The evenings were significantly more difficult than I anticipated, like going to the baseball games and trying to like work at them and so that burden mm, then see. fell upon Jordan, who had to carry more of the slack at the game,
2: yeah, which was fine uh, again, like the reason why I was happy to to go along is that you know i 've missed being able to go on these road trips with Jake and go to games. We saw twelve games in fourteen days and that was a lot of fun so yeah like jake was a bit of a zombie at most of the games uh, understandably <laughs> that was somewhat by design but he was there he did make it he did watch the games so and was... i grew
0: into it as yeah the, as the trip went i became less and less of a zombie yes as yes I went
2: but there were really only like two or three like actual like challenging you know adverse days where it was like he had to overcome something a lot of them like were pretty smooth and a, a big part of it we've said this to a lot of people recently unbelievably lucky weather On many, Mm. many fronts. Mm. Like that is really what allowed this trip. Yeah.
0: I I remember I'll never forget the moment when I came on the podcast before I left Mm -hmm. and Meg said, So I see you've built no days off (laughs) 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I guess you're right. And the weather gods shined down upon us literally, and I spent about 20 minutes total out of 78 hours. In the rain, twenty minutes in the rain—that was it. Yes, wow.
2: so it was pretty, pretty stunning. And
0: the kicker is, we raised almost thirty thousand dollars for Lost Boys mm-hmm. Inc., which was very, very cool. To, to that's guess.
3: fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and Jordan, I hope the drive wasn't too strenuous. <laughs>
0: no, no, it was the drive was hardly
2: strenuous. It was just a lot of very weird timing intervals because even though we were doing it for two weeks, I never quite figured out okay, how long does it take him to go this far if it's this climbing and this? So sometimes I would get there an hour early. Sometimes I would get there like the same time as him, which felt ridiculous because it was like, I have a car. Um, but, you know, no complaints. It there, was were, very fun. There, yeah. there
0: was one or two times where like I would get to the hotel before Jordan. Right. And, and like, I don't what? have any of my clothes with me. <laughs> so I just check into the hotel like – in my sneaky bike clothes and, and then shower wait. and just wait and then just like nap <laughs> and wait for jordan to show up with my clothes but it was
2: fine no obviously no complaints it was it was much easier and now we've we've jetted back and already made it halfway back across in one day so <laughs> a little bit easier than, than on the bike so
0: there you go it was it was very uh, disheartening going back mm-hmm. and like seeing the work that i had done to go there it was like Oh well, it took me nine hours to get from like you know Cleveland to Toledo, but we did it in an hour and a half.
1: You know. Yeah, that's why we invented cars, I guess. How about it? How about it? Wait till you hear about planes. Yeah. Oh my god. What was the best baseball thing you experienced on the way? So it's funny you ask that
0: then because, you know, we love baseball and I think that's kind of our whole thing, but the okay. baseball kind of sucked. The games <laughs> themselves were mostly
2: we, bad. We really happened into some very bad, particularly the, here, here's a good way to put it. The best major league game we saw was Tigers-Orioles of the three Brewers uh, the Brewers beat the Pirates, I think, thirteen to nothing or something. That game was over, in like, and it was all early. It was all early. That game was over in like the second inning, and then uh, you know our finale in Chicago, the Royals running Lucas Giolito off the field. It was like, what is going on? So, but again, like we, there were still some great moments here or there. Seeing um, Bobby Witt and Bobby, see Bobby Junior. That was really cool. cool. So you know, we, we definitely saw some some cool stuff, but not a lot of like memorable. Like, oh man, we what saw a that. game! Yeah, I that. never said what a game. <laughs> yes, not <laughs> once in in twelve games and fourteen days did we have like an awesome baseball game but that's fine that's fine
3: well it it seems clear then that the the baseball gods and the weather gods struck a bargain and jake i think you probably still got the the good end of that bargain but jordan you may have been short shrifted ever (laughs) so slightly
1: oh a good takeaway there good takeaway
0: i was fine with the deal
1: Well, we're glad you made it. We're glad you saw some baseball, even if it wasn't the best baseball. We're glad you raised some money, and I hope you're already workshopping your next bad prediction so that you can <laughs> well, have your road trip for next summer planned.
0: It's funny you say that, Ben, because, uh, you know, I got into this by making a claim, but the journey in itself was fun, and in the car on the way back, we did begin to cook up something for oh, next no. summer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: And I'm not going to reveal anything else about it, but say that Ben Lindbergh, you may somehow be involved. Yes.
2: So <laughs> the there goodness. you go.
1: There's your ominous hint. Okay. Uh, wow. As long as I don't have to bike to Chicago, that is fine. With no, me. no, no. You don't. Ben,
3: you'll have to bike. It's not like you can drive there.
1: I know.
0: There Ooh, oh, damn.
3: <laughs> I have to give him a little bit of a hard time every now <laughs> no, and again.
2: That was good. That was good. Ben, I got to say, man, cars, uh, though, they're pretty cool. I just wanted to. Yeah. No, I, I'm ben. fine.
1: I like riding in them. I like <laughs> yeah, being true. driven. It's true, even better true. than driving, really. But Ben, true. wait till you, you get, get your biker's it. license. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a license to ride. All right. So we have accomplished our banter. We have broken the ice. So let's get down to business here. Mike Trout is about to turn 30. I know it's hard to believe. It makes us feel old. We're all old now. Jake and Jordan are not old, but they're older than they were 10 years ago, as we all are, as is Mike Trout. We all know how time works. He was born on the blessed day of August 7th, 1991. He came into the world and the world was never the same. And this podcast has never been the same since he showed up right around the time that we started podcasting, which was quite fortuitous because he's given us tons of content and he's going to give us some content today. So it's been more than 10 years since he made his major league debut in July 2011. And because he is celebrating this birthday, we wanted to celebrate him and venerate him and talk a little bit about all of the joy that he has brought us. And so we thought of Jake and Jordan because way back in 2015... We did a themed episode, episode 762, and we just talked about Barry Bond's fun facts and Barry Bond's stats, and Jake and Jordan joined me and Sam for that episode, and it was great fun, and we wanted to do something similar here for Trout, not as statistically oriented because no one can compare to the fun facts of late career Bonds, so we will probably share some Trout stats here, but really, we just wanted to do a draft of Things we like about Trout, basically, we didn't get too specific, but our favorite things about Trout, the most memorable things about Trout... We can take it in any direction we want, but that's the general idea. It's just a general Mike Trout appreciation podcast. And I had hoped that he would be back on the field by the time we did this podcast and that we would be enjoying watching him again. But he apparently has the calf strain from hell that will never heal. I hope it will heal someday, but we will bide our time until he returns by talking about the happy memories that he has given us. What does Mike Trout mean
2: to you? guys oh boy well we're obviously gonna get into it and uh I, yes. I think this is good that this will be a little bit more broad than the bonds one um because i i'm at, especially you know as we're thinking i'm trying to keep it more just like things about him right because there's a yeah. million stats that we, we maybe we'll, we'll throw some out but I, i'm excited to see which direction
1: we all choose to go with
2: this i think you said we're gonna do three rounds is that correct
1: yeah we'll, we'll aim for that if we have a bunch more i guess we can throw out a lightning round or something but we'll see how that <laughs> yeah. goes so i got a deep board so we're good okay. <laughs> it's good i'm sure we'll overlap a little here but i guess our guests should go first so yeah. i don't know how well i was gonna say guys who, decide to order but
0: who had the worst 2020 <laughs> <laughs>
2: hmm, i don't know this is this is a whole other conversation yeah. we yeah. already did our banter so we don't <laughs> have to do that but but, I mean, but have I'll, you I'll done give your me...
3: therapy for the week jordan uh, that's, that's another good
2: question. That's another good question, which we can we can get into uh, after the recording. But uh, what I don't. know, Do you want Do you want the first pick? Who's I mean? The real question is who's the, picking twenty fifth, right? The real. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the real. Come on. <laughs> that's that's what we're really trying to ask here.
0: You go first, Jordan.
2: Okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll let you go first. All right, I'll, I'll just, go second. All right, I'll just start there. Mike Trout was, was picked 25th, and you know what? More specifically, I'm gonna go with Mike Trout being picked after Randall Grichuk, not because you know obviously there were other players picked ahead of him that never even made the big leagues. Shouts
0: out Geo Meyer.
2: Shouts out Geo Meyer and uh, you know Bobby Borchering and, and all kinds of you know you know stellar talents uh, that we you know Chad James. I mean, really you know quite baseball luminaries. But I love that it was Randall Grichuk who has basically become one of the most Uninspiringly normal baseball players, like he made it. He was not a bust, but that he was the guy that was ahead of Mike Trout. And they said, yep, we got to make sure we can lock down Gritchuk first. Uh, it's always funny, and he will be tied with him forever. I think if Randall Gritchuk wasn't the guy picked in front of Trout, what else would we ever say about Randall Gritchuk? I honestly don't know. Um, but he's, he's kind of stuck with that forever, and, and I think it's funny. I mean, there's a lot of Trout draft-related ones we could go with, but I'll start there.
1: Yeah, I, I think if Sam were here, he would point out, because I know he's written about this before, that I don't think it was that the Angels thought that Grichik was better no. than Trout. Right, <laughs> so right. it is highly amusing, though, <laughs> that yeah, but again, if, if it was... was officially selected first. Yeah,
2: if it was the other way around, I would never, no one would ever mention it, but, and even right. though you're right, as Sam has pointed out, it's not like they were actually saying he was better, it's still funny. <laughs> right, because, you know. Yes, it is very funny. <laughs>
0: if, if you follow, this is part of the issue with baseball's draft, is that it is very complicated, and if you're a casual fan, it does not make intuitive sense to you. And so, like, for most people to look at a list of the 20, uh, what year, the 20, two, 2009, 20, 2009, yep. sorry, 2009 draft, and it's like, oh, 24th best player, Randall Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just I just love it. It's very funny. Yeah,
1: that's, so that's, that's there's my good, first one. Good first round pick. That's a good one. Uh, Jake, do you want to go second? I will go, yes. All right, go ahead.
0: I'm going to take Mike Trout passing down the number one jersey mm. at his high school every single oh,
1: year. Oh, yeah, that's mm. a good one.
0: So for those of you who do not know about this, Mike Trout went to Millville High School. Go Millville. He wore number one when he was there because he was number one there. Uh, He has since begun a tradition where every year he awards the number one jersey to the captain of the Millville high school baseball team. And it is not a situation where he, like, sends an email or the coaches do it for him. He is in Millville every February before he goes to spring training, and he takes a picture with the senior captain of the team holding up Mike Trout's number one jersey. Some notable number one jersey uh, people include Buddy Kennedy who was also drafted I believe by the Diamondbacks Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. A gentleman named Ryan McIsaac Mm -hmm. who played Division 3 baseball at Rowan College nearby. Mm -hmm. And I just love that Mike Trout cares. There are a lot of things about Mike Trout like he cares where he came from. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. geographically. And I think that him passing down the number one jersey every year is a beautiful thing that it means something to him to go back to millville every year he could mail it in he could do it over zoom he can send an email but he is there in person to pass that jersey down every year and i think there's something incredibly beautiful about that
1: yeah that's a great one yeah. there aren't that many players who are that closely associated with like their hometown like who is more associated with his hometown than mike oh, trout he's yeah. Well he'll, he'll never see,
2: leave. I like, mean that's the beauty thing. Right. That's a beautiful thing. He's like Mr. He is still there
1: and all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's because it's not a famous place or it wasn't before Mike Trout made it famous. I think it's because... still not
3: a famous place. But I mean <laughs> I guess... that in a good way. Like I think it's still itself. Like it, it has not changed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he hasn't forgotten his roots, right? He hasn't gotten a big head. I mean, he does have a pretty big head, yeah. though, to be honest. But yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> he's got we, a big neck. Figuratively speaking. <laughs> All Yes. Thumb. He's just a thumb. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good one. Meg, you want to go?
3: Sure. So I, I did go with a statty one because it, it illustrates a thing to me that I just really love about him. So- Using the Fangraph splits tool. I looked at Mike Trout's WRC plus every month since he became a big league regular. So we're we're setting aside twenty eleven and the forty odd plate appearances he got that year. Every month since he has become a regular, he has one month where he is below league average. WRC plus and he had a 99 WRC plus <laughs> in that month in August of 2015 he had a 99 WRC plus that is the only month in his, since he became a big league regular where he was below league average and to follow it up and this to me is such a Mike Trout thing his September October WRC plus in in 2015 191 because <laughs> oh, the guy yeah. When he's down, he comes back and he figures out how to do stuff better the next year. He can't hit the high fastball. He figures out how to hit a high fastball. He feels like his defense is lagging. He sorts that out. I just, I appreciate that a person who is, who was obviously like preternaturally gifted at this specific thing, that he happens to have the amalgamation of skills, native skills to do this weird thing that we have constructed super well is also a guy who like is still in school right? He's still doing school when he's not getting stuff quite the way he wants and his worst, do you know how many big leaguers would love it if their worst big league month was a 99 WRC plus? There's some big leaguers who are like, that'd be a great month for me. (laughs) So anyway. as I
1: recall, I, I think he was hurt, too. I think like he, he was indeed he hurt was, that month. <laughs> yeah, he was playing through an injury. Like, yep. he, he dove to make a catch, and he hurt his wrist or something, and it was bothering him. It was sore. So yep. there's a reason why yep. the one time he was not great. It's not just a slump. It's right. that he was hurt. So, yeah, basically, he never slumps. He is he never slumps. just the most consistent when he is healthy and when he's on the field. And I don't want to take anyone else's pick, but- the thing that occurs to me along these lines is is just that, you know, he has been so consistent on a, a seasonal level, too, yeah. at least when it comes to the war, so that it seems like every year there's a new challenger. And if I'm stealing someone's pick here, just uh, I, I will stop. But it seems like a number of times. You can just do your times, pick, Ben. You're next. Yeah. This would not actually be <laughs> my okay. pick, but it is something I like about him, which is just that, like, we've had the is this guy as good as Trout now? Is there a new player who's the best in baseball? And obviously, Like there's legitimate reason to have that now because he's not playing. But when he was playing, even this year, he was clearly the best player in baseball. And so many other contenders for the crown have come and gone, whether it's Betts or Yelich or Josh Donaldson or whoever. Like there have been so many guys who maybe matched Trout for a year or two, but just haven't been able to stay at that level. So it's incredible consistency for someone who has such a, a high level at all times. Yep. I was just gonna add, like, I do hope that we it basically just ends up being like a LeBron type thing where we're so desperate
2: to give someone else and then he's gonna have like a twelve hundred OPS in <laughs> September, and we'll be like, what are we
1: what are we doing? What are we doing, people? Yeah. Come yeah. on, let's yeah. let's be realistic. So I think I I'll take something that is sort of similar to Jordan's. It's in the genre of we underestimated Mike Trout, except it's even closer to his transition into the best player in the world, which is that Entering the 2012 season, he was rated as the third best prospect in baseball. Oh, I love this pick. (laughs) By Baseball Prospectus, by Baseball America, and by MLB.com. All of them had either Matt Moore first and Bryce Harper second, or Bryce Harper first and Matt Moore second. And this was... After Mike Trout had made the majors, this was after he'd been in the minors for a few years, like everyone had gotten a great look at Trout. He was not an unknown. He was not the kid who was playing high school baseball in New Jersey like scouts had seen him. And everyone liked him. He was super highly rated. The projection systems really liked him and suggested that he might be the Angels' best player right away. But no one got anywhere close to how great he was almost immediately. And I say almost just because he was sick in the spring, right? And he lost some weight and he didn't actually get called up in 2012 until like late April. And basically from day one, He was the best player in baseball and has continued to be ever since. And so the fact that smart prospect people kind of missed like that close to his breakout, like I don't want to denigrate anyone's scouting skills. They're all better than mine and it's easy to miss. But to me, the fact that he was drafted 25th overall, like... That's a great one, but there have been a lot of draft misses, and you know he was in high school and he was far away and he wasn't facing great competition. Everything. It
3: was cold that spring.
1: Yeah, right. And he was was. still a a few years away from from being Superman. So that to me is like more explicable than the fact that on the eve of his immediately becoming the best player in baseball, he was still seen as like. A very good prospect, but not the best prospect ever, basically. And that just boggles my mind because uh, we thought he was going to be good, but right up until he was the best, we seriously underestimated him.
0: I think it's still too early. I think it's really important <laughs> to wait prospects prospect out. And there's a chance Matt Moore has another gear. And did you? I, I you mean, did you see what he did in Japan last year? I just don't oh. want to... I don't want to lock that in yet.
2: Okay, that's true. Let's 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 see how it plays out then. I, I mean, you're I think right. Matt
0: Moore could easily accrue seventy more over the well, course. of Well, his... and Gritchick,
3: too.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. Grichik. that's a good point. Yeah. And he hasn't Meyer. even turned thirty yet. So, oh, I, mean. I know. He has a long way ahead of him, let's hope. You're right. And and, yeah, it's not like Bryce Harper was a bust or something. No. It's not not (laughs) like that was a miss, you know, like Harper's a Hall of Famer too. So (laughs) I'm not saying that like him being the number one or two prospect in a typical year, like of course he would be more. Okay. Maybe that's more of a miss just because pitchers are, you know, tough to project and the guys get hurt and all of that. But like, still, there was no prevailing sense that like everything was about to change and that this... Sky Mike Trout was about to dominate the next decade of baseball. And I think that that's wonderful because it suggests that you never know what's right around the corner. Maybe the next best player in the world is about to debut and we don't even know it yet. And I don't know if anyone's going to like draft his 2012 season, so maybe I'll hold mm-hmm. off on that. But, but he was just the best at basically every aspect of baseball that year.
3: I really would like Harper to end up Like second in war over the course of their careers just so that we can never abandon this narrative. (laughs) You know, they'll like be going into the Hall of Fame. They'll both be first ballot guys. And they'll be like, here we are yet again.
1: (laughs) It's funny, right? Because like it was always Harper versus Trout and who you got like at least for a little while there. Just because Harper was so highly touted as a prospect. And Harper has panned out like yeah. he, he basically has lived up to the hype. I mean, yep. maybe not just because he was like the most hype prospect ever, but you'd be hard pressed to say that he's a disappointment because he, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday, too. And he is a superstar. And I guess, you know, you never know like how their 30s will go and and maybe Harper will make up some ground on the back end. But like. That conversation ended very quickly. Yeah. Like, the, there's no real rivalry, even though Harper has turned out to be awesome. Like, Trout was just so good that that became not a conversation very quickly.
2: And we could do just its own, like, Mike Trout war segment. But I mean, again, I didn't even bother preparing it. And I just fell into noticing that Bryce Harper literally at half of Mike Trout's career <laughs> war. half. Yeah. And he's also maybe a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's at half. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's that that sums up well. And I just love, like, you mentioned, right, because 2012 is obviously, you know, such an iconic season. But, like, it was really 65 games that threw everyone off the scent, right? The 40 yeah. bad to average games in the big big leagues. And then the fall yeah. league in, in 2011 when he was just tired. And it wasn't good. And th- those are the only times he's ever struggled, basically ever in baseball. <laughs> so except the, that for August twenty fifteen, except yeah. for August twenty fifteen, <laughs> when he was merely an average big leaguer. Yes, <laughs> yes, well said. So uh, for my second pick, um, I love all those picks. And very good, good transition here. This is kind of going more of, of off of what Meg was saying because um, I was also thinking about like right, like when is Trout bad? And I just got to mention that. But I'm going to go with something a little bit different, which is that I'm going to draft. Mike Trout being unbelievable in spring training. Mike Trout, <laughs> yeah. this is maybe not something that people, I was gonna take the fact that he's also amazing in all-star games, because he's got two all-star game MVPs, and yeah. he's, you know, he's always been you know really good in all-star games, but that's a, a smaller sample. But if you look at Mike Trout's spring training numbers, going back to, this is something I started noticing in like 15, 16, but I'm now going back and seeing that when in 2010, in f- seven plate appearances, when he was literally straight out of Millville, he had four hits, two doubles, a triple, and a homer as a child in big league spring training. And then if you look at 13 through 16, OPS was over 1,000, you know, 1082, 1288, 1362, 1276. Like this dude is presumably just hanging out you know, just showing up and getting his swings in, and he can't help it. He's like, sorry, I'm Mike Trout. Like, I know we're all trying to just kind of get loose, but I'm still going to put up like a 600 on base and slug 900 for these three weeks. Like, I, I it's just what I do. What do
0: you want me to do? Like,
2: I'm sorry, you know, and I, I just love that, you know, I'm sure there are all kinds of great players who absolutely suck every spring, and was like, oh, he's a slow starter, he's a slow starter. And Mike Trout's like, sorry, I'm, I'm just, I can't help it. It's like the scene in off.
0: every superhero movie where, like, the superhero uses their powers in, like common society and everyone's like
3: what are you doing like dude like, chill I relax i can't
0: turn it off like i'm like oh. yeah pulled yeah, the
3: door I'm, I'm off strong. a cab accidentally exactly right, that's yeah.
2: that's mike trout you know hitting six home runs in 2014 spring training and, for no reason and when he eight, was already the best player
0: it's like the scene at the end of incredibles where dash like tries to finish second <laughs> in the race the angels are his parents being like, no, come in second. Like, come in second.
1: like sorry. Nope. I'm second also line. the best
2: one. We're not trying. So I just love Mike Trout. He just, he just can't yeah. turn it off. So
1: there you what go. What about his, his career spring training stats? Can we do those? So 493 at bats in spring training. He's like, that's a full, full season. A, a, a full, full season, season. Basically. Yeah, g- give me the line. What do we got? 343, 435, 623. That's a uh, 1058 OPS with 27 <laughs> homers. And twenty six steals and eight <laughs> times caught stealing. <laughs> so I so it's like I mean, it's only a little bit not, better than his
0: normal.
2: Cell, yeah, it's only but, a
1: little bit better, I guess, because it's like uh, I mean those numbers are eye popping, but so are all of his numbers. So yeah, but I thousand fifty eight OPS compared to a thousand two OPS career in the regular season, but like you have to figure he's not trying his hardest. So even though he's facing like, you know, minor league competition right. part of the right. time, it's still pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. And that maybe, maybe we should, I mean, maybe I should look into this and just be like, how, how good is the average superstars line? Yeah. But, I mean, again, this doesn't tell me anything. We already know Mike Trout's good. so like, It doesn't matter, <laughs> but I just think it's, I just think it's funny because I always notice it every year. I'm like, Oh my God, he, he just can't turn it off. So
1: that's my second pick. Yeah speaking of the fact that he's never had a bad month like he's never had a bad march even (laughs) like right (laughs) right i guess he he like he missed time in some marches but like his worst spring training ops is 2017 864 which is not bad at all or i guess 824 in in 2020 which was like one of his worst seasons (laughs) even though it was a really excellent season he was like i'm disappointed in myself after that one he was like he came into the spring he's like yeah i fixed some things like (laughs) after last year where he had a 162 ops plus like yeah he really needed some work so there you go spring spring trout is my spec what do you got jake
0: i want to talk about 2014 (laughs) which is far and away mike trout's most dreadful uh, full major league season, in which he had an O.B.S. plus of 169 and won the MVP because Miguel Cabrera decided not to win the Triple Crown that year. It is his lowest season by WAR, I believe, in a full season. But what I really want to zoom in on are his strikeouts from that year. He struck out 184 times, which led baseball. Mike Trout, since the wild card era, is one of only three players to lead the league in strikeouts and win the MVP award. As far as I can tell, by looking through this on my phone at the Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> where we ate dinner about an hour and a half ago, the other two I believe are Mo Vaughn in 1996 and Sammy Sosa in 1998. But I just love that Mike Trout led the lead in league in strikeouts, and I know that we live in the era of strikeouts where everyone swings and misses and it's okay. It's fine. You can still be good. We know this. He led the league in strikeouts. It was like not a problem, but not, not a problem. And for me, it made me think about like, you never really get your strikeouts completely in check. And it reminded me of like when I had acne in high school, it was like, I can manage this. It's never gonna fully go away, but I can do my best to keep it under control. And that's what Mike Trout eventually did with the strikeouts. His totals then plummeted from 184 in 2014 and got significantly lower over the next two seasons, uh, both in full seasons. And so mm-hmm. I just love that like, he was striking out more than anybody else in the world and still won the MVP. And then it was like, I can't do that anymore. I'm gonna yep, it. Still not good enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's something I was considering drafting, but we've already alluded to it. Meg, you mentioned it. Like just the fact that seemingly every season he targets some quote unquote weakness, yep. which would already be a strength for just about anyone else but he says this is what i'm gonna be better at this year and then he is so he wins an mvp award and he says well that was nice but i struck out too much so then he's gonna strike out a little less and he's done this with so many things whether it's like when he couldn't hit high pitches for a while right because he's a low ball hitter and then he said well i want to be a good high ball hitter too and then he like turned into the best high ball hitter for a while or like when his arm was his worst tool. I don't know if anyone's going to take that. So sorry if I'm stepping on anyone's toes, but I love the fact that that was like the one thing he didn't really do that well. And he at least got it up to average. Yeah. Like, you know, he he did some shoulder exercises or something and suddenly he was like pretty good at throwing too. And he's had that like every year it's like, Oh, I, I'm not getting good enough jumps this year. So now I'm going to get better jumps. And maybe he can't continue to do that forever. But he has continued to do it thus far, and that's been a lot of fun. So I'm always looking forward to, like, what will he fix this year? (laughs) Because sometimes it seems like he just doesn't really have anything left to fix. And, like, his plate discipline, which is, like, sort of an unsung skill still, I guess, even in this era, you don't really see, like, highlight reels of you know mike trout's good takes or something but like he has basically the best or or close to the best plate discipline in baseball too and it, it keeps getting better year after year he gets more and more selective and just doesn't swing at anything he can't drive and that's another thing that it's like i'm just gonna be better at that and then he is it's wonderful
3: yeah. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. It's just the best. He's just the best. I keep trying to like do play discipline reels, and no one wants them, but I keep <laughs> wanting them and give them to Wood me. Woodwatch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this one's a little follow me. We're about to go on a journey. Ooh. So back in 2015, Michael Clare wrote a thing for Cut 4 about scouting reports for Harper and Trout. Uh, there had been previously unreleased uh, scouting reports from the scouting bureau that he got his hands on for these guys. And I'm actually not going to read from their scouting reports because they're glowing as you might expect them to be. But there's a tidbit in here that I love, which is that Mike Trout experimented with switch hitting. At one point. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Ben, I think you're familiar with this story. Jake and Jordan, you probably are too. Right? So he never did it in a game. He would do it for scouts if they asked, and he would do it during VP sometimes, but he was not trying to actually implement this into games. Although, and here I am quoting from this piece, I actually beat my high school team in home run derby left-handed. They made me hit left-handed. They told me I had to hit lefty or I couldn't play. Sadly, according to the center fielder, it was just something people thought, maybe down the road I'd want to do it, but I don't think there was any potential there, except that he won this home run derby. And I, one of the things that I really appreciate about Mike Trout, because he is so good at so many things, is that when you watch him, and, and maybe this is a little too close to what we were just talking about, but I don't care, because I want to tell the left-handed uh, home run derby story, so here we are. I just feel like there is there is a version of Trout that might be better than the version we this got. Is like, a good just question. Still, right. He just still feels all these years into his career, seventy five or seventy seven wins, depending on which version of war you're going with. It just feels like there is untapped potential. Like he might still surprise us with a thing. And some of that is going away in the off and tinkering with the thing and coming back and like being good at the thing. He was bad, and I'm doing air quotes that no one can see before. But I just think there is something very special about a guy whose talent is so well established and so lauded, and we spend so much time talking about it, who still feels like he has the potential to wow you with something. And I think when a guy has that kind of sustained excellence, it's almost easy to lose sight of just how good he is, which people listening to this podcast will be like, well, why do you talk about him so much then? Because that seems impossible. But I, I think you get you get comfortable. You get settled in with a guy. And so it just feels good. Cool that this dude who is so amazing might one day turn around and be like, What if I did a lefty though?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, I got my hands on the video of him taking batting practice left handed. I forget how or where, and I tweeted it i'm pretty sure and i think it's in our facebook group too so you can actually see it happen i'll find it and link to it if anyone is curious but it's not just apocryphal (laughs) this did actually happen i don't know about the home run derby but uh he definitely took batting practice left-handed and looks like he could have hit that way (laughs) so yeah that's pretty cool too i love this
2: answer i also when i think about it right it's like okay but all right, let's say he was a switch hitter. Like what, you know, when you look at his numbers, it's like, well, it's not like he was, he's not like he hasn't been awesome against righties. So it's like, Great. okay, let's give Great. him let's give him the platoon split, like what changes? Maybe, maybe it's a
0: Cedric Mullins maybe
2: <laughs> maybe a reverse Cedric Mullins situation. Yeah, reverse. Maybe it's <laughs> yes. like maybe like his he's like a career like 330 hitter, but like the power's lower and the strikeouts are lower right. or something like that, like Maybe that's what the result would be, but I don't know. It's again, it's hard to complain with what we got. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> yeah. The many models of Mike Trout is one of my favorite things about him just because. He has kind of morphed a bit as he's aged, but has remained like roughly as excellent in his various incarnations. So like he's led the league in a lot of different stats that don't often go together in one player, although he still hasn't led the league in homers because Jorge Soler beat him out a couple seasons ago, which I'm still sort of mad at him about. But you had the super young Trout who was incredibly fast. I mean, he's still very fast, but like... I think, as Sam has noted, like for at least a while in that season, I think he was leading the majors in base running runs and batting runs and fielding runs. And he ended up like coming pretty close to doing that over the full season. So he was just like the best at everything and had all the tools. And then, yeah, later on, he kind of became like the high strikeout slugger. And then he cut back on the strikeouts, as Jake was saying, and really ramped up the plate discipline, but like still hit for a lot of power and walked more. And so, you know, he follows the progression that a lot of powers hitters do where they hit more homers, but steal fewer bases as time goes on, which makes sense because he's like hurt himself stealing sometimes. And it just it's not worth it, really. But there have just been like these multiple versions of Trout and yet all of them are worth like nine or ten more. (laughs) So
0: my favorite thing is how many times in this episode Ben's going to say. One of my favorite Trout things is, and then not draft
2: that thing. <laughs> I'm hugging all of them. <laughs> well, you're you're up again, Ben. So I'm excited to see can what you, you are going to take.
0: Can you imagine a sports team do this? Be like, "Ooh, we really like that other guy. Let me tell you all about it." <laughs> all but right, you can have it. I am
1: officially taking kind of the quintessential Mike Trout fun fact, which. No longer works, but it worked for a really long time, which is best ever through age X in war. One of the great tragedies of
2: 2020.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's partly the pandemic-shortened season. It's partly the fact that he keeps missing time with injuries. So he has fallen off the pace now, and he is uh, now, I think, merely the fifth most valuable player ever through his age 29 season, and that's if he doesn't play another day this year. So he's behind, like, I don't know, Babe Ruth and, and, and like Ty Cobb and Rogers Hornsby or, or whatever, like, you know, players who play Fake in a completely different... Yeah, basically, and Mickey Mantle, which is like a little less fake, but still somewhat fake. So I think that is just the best stat because it was just the best way to sum it all up really for years. It was like, no, he's just the best. Like no one has ever gotten off to a better start to his career. And here's the leaderboard I can link to (laughs) that proves it. You know, as long as you believe in war and that war makes sense, like here's the definitive evidence that i can just hyperlink to say best ever and best ever without even like adjusting for era or anything or like saying the guys ahead of him you know were playing in in segregated baseball or or whatever like you didn't even have to do the disclaimers he was just the best and yeah. he was like better than all of the inner circle guys and so you know even though he has fallen off the number one pace He's still pretty darn close to it, and I just got so much joy out of that fun fact for years and, like, following it and doing the math to see if, okay, if he, is he still going to be on top after this season? Like, how many war does he have to have to get back to the top through this age? So I'm sad to see that no longer work, <laughs> but for a while, it was just the the best. It was my favorite fun fact going. Yeah, it really is like almost in the same sense that the Bonds
2: 400-400 Club, 500-500 Club (laughs) <laughs> like that he's in his in his own club for both those like that kind of same kind of thing that was the one that would just like really hit in the same way beyond the as we you know if you listen to 762 it's like well no he had the most home runs that's the one you should probably lead with <laughs> but but with <laughs> yeah. Trout no you're you're so right and I I think there are a lot of like milestones and beyond Trout that we're just going to we we don't realize we're missing that that because of 2020 um right. and I you know that's that's definitely up near the top of the list for those so I like that one though It had to be taken, so I'm glad you took it. Yes. Okay, for my final pick, I'm going to go with something that you actually just said a few minutes ago. But it's simple, and it's just that Mike Trout is so freaking fast. Still, somehow, even though he is a football <laughs> player, you know, it's something that uh, you know tragically because he's missed so much time this year. You know, when I pull up his his baseball Savant page, it, it, his his percentiles don't fill in because he hasn't played enough time, right? But the thing that has filled in enough is the fact that he's still 97th percentile sprint speed. And I know sprint speed is not perfect. I know that you can you know it, it is it is not necessarily the the perfect way to to look at it. But I am still the thing that is most consistently shocking because he doesn't hit a home run every game but we do very often get to watch Mike Trout run to first base that happens you know very very frequently during the course of a season and every time it is just a sight to behold how freaking fast this dude can get down the line and the size that he is. And I know we have other big athletic freaks that can move in that way, but none of them are as wide (laughs) (laughs) as Mike Trout, right? Like I know Luis Robert is, is very big. And I know even Tatis like, and, and, you know, Buxton, like there's some, some big dudes that they can run, but, there's nothing like him getting down the line. And it is, it is, and, and even in, in the outfield where it isn't necessarily, you know, living up to the best defensive numbers, but it is still the thing that I cannot believe. Because when you see him when he's younger, he's, he was huge when he was younger too, but now he's he's gigantic and it, it, he's still that fast. And I, I know he's not running anymore, and that's, you know, unfortunate that we're not seeing it manifest in, in steals, but when he goes, it's still, it is, it is crazy. It is a really, really, really crazy thing. And the only other thing I can really think of in terms of like the, the aesthetic, and I didn't, obviously wasn't ready to see it, but it, it's Bo Jackson. Like when I watch Bo Jackson highlights, I'm like, how is someone that big mm-hmm. moving that fast? And Trout is the only one in the modern day baseball that I can think of. And he's also the best at everything else. So that is a simple one, but that's what I'm going with. Uh, right. Third. Like
0: if that was his only thing,
2: <laughs> it would also be unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going. Trout yeah. is still really fast. And I hope, I know he's, he's had these injuries. And this is, I think, the first lower body injury, serious lower body injury that he's. Had.
3: Well, he had the foot, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, he did have the foot briefly. And then the other was the, was the hand sliding in, so that wouldn't matter. But yeah. I just hope – uh and I'm curious. I'm honestly really curious to see how
1: many elite sprint speeds he's racking yeah. up down Me the stretch too, cause when he comes back. I saw some clips of him running the other day, and that was like – not running at full speed because he didn't want to test the, the calf right. completely yet. And like with anyone else, I would have thought, oh, that's a sprint. Like <laughs> that looks pretty <laughs> darn fast to me. <laughs> and yet that was like apparently problematic. And like he, he isn't ready to be back yet. But like that was faster than I've ever run when my calf is oh. fine. So, <laughs> right.
0: When Jordan and I literally like 40 minutes ago at dinner, Alex Bregman posted a video of himself running. In AAA, because he's also coming back from a lower body issue, and Alex Bregman didn't look great, right? <laughs> like he didn't look like he was zooming. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Mike Trout, even when he's going half speed, it's just and apparently
2: still hurting. It was <laughs> it like, just looks yeah. great. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, simple one, but there's my pick. What do you got, Jake? For your last pick,
0: I'm taking the weather thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh,
2: someone had to do it. Someone had to yeah. do it. Still on the board. I mean,
0: come on. Here's the thing. The weather thing – Mike Trout's love for weather has become bigger than his love for weather and that it is often besides him being the best baseball player in the world, the first thing about his personality that people list. And I think that that is slightly unfair to Mike Trout who – yes, look, I don't want to get into the whole discussion of face of baseball, et cetera, et cetera, but like he is not an electric – Man, that's okay. We know this. Other people fill that role in our game. But he is definitely not boring. There's a huge difference. Anybody, and you two have done this, who's talked to professional baseball players know that the bar for boring to be interesting is very low. Okay? And Mike Trout is not boring. He's not a boring person. The weather obsession is not just a bit. He loves it. Okay. He is going on the weather channel. He watches the weather channel. We have apps in this day and age. You don't need to watch a show to see what the weather's going to be where you live. You can Google it or you can look at it on your phone. But he is tuning in to what's the guy's name? Jim Jim Cantoris. Cantori, best friend, his BFFFL, <laughs> and he's watching the weather, and he owns his own weather balloon. <laughs> he owns a weather balloon. He got paid four hundred and twenty-six million dollars or whatever, and was like, "What are you gonna do with it first, Mike? Oh boy, I'm gonna buy a weather eyes. balloon. Like it is just a hobby that I don't know anyone <laughs> in my life who loves the weather like that." and he's the best player in the world and he just loves can i loves can him. i
2: add on the as this has been made pointed out that he loves the weather and he lives where there's no weather. I that's yeah. just that also kills me. Yeah. I think and that's so much of why I,
1: to stay there for. <laughs> his right, his but that has to
2: be part of why he's going back to Millville and just yeah. praying there's a blizzard. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> he's like, "Come on, give well, me something interesting."
0: And I think that like the Mike Trout weather thing has been beaten into the ground. Like when MLB uh, on the broadcast like during the All-Star game has him do like the weather reports. Like he's not in love with being a weather man right
3: <laughs> he's in love with the weather
0: he's yeah. the we- he's the weather guy yeah and so he's yeah. just thinking about the weather in a way that i don't think about anything and i love that
3: do you think that his parents anticipated his personality when they made nelson his middle name Were they like that? Fits. That's a that's a love the weather and your wife and the Eagles kind of guy name, right? Nelson. That's the name. That's the middle name of a man who has a favorite chair and a weather balloon. Like that's that's what that name means. (laughs) Like
0: it's not
1: Michael John. Mm.
0: No,
3: Nelson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, People sometimes cite his affection for weather as evidence that he's not interesting because like, hey, the most interesting thing about him is that he likes the weather and like weather, you know, it's your go-to like conversational small talk when you have nothing to say, you talk about the weather. And so the fact that he's identified with weather, associated with weather, people think that that makes him boring. But really being that interested in Almost anything is interesting, I think. And being that into weather when you're not like a meteorologist (laughs) and when you're like one of the best athletes in the world is actually interesting – and to the extent that he is bland, like there are some ways in which he's bland. Obviously, he's not going to give you like super exciting post game quotes and all of that. But I've come to value that quality, too, really. Like there was a point, I guess, where I probably would have wished that Mike Trout said more <laughs> interesting attention getting things. But like. We don't need that, I don't think, because there is a whole generation of players who just really capture your attention with everything they do and everything they say now. So maybe that was more glaring when Mike Trout was like, clearly the face of baseball or whatever, it's a silly conversation, but like... Now that you have Tatis and you have Guerrero and you have Acuna and you just have like all of these guys, it's not like there's a void of like personalities in the sport right now. And so I think he's a nice compliment to that because yeah. like he's just Superman. Like Superman is not inherently all that interesting a character, really, at least right. a lot of the time, but like he's a cool, iconic, memorable character nonetheless. And I'm sick of like finding out that people in baseball are bad Yeah, <laughs> and, not, yeah. And, and like <laughs> you never know with anyone right but like right. F- from what we know and from what we can tell like there's no sign that there is some skeleton in in Mike no. Trout's closet and that is refreshing and yeah. I I just like that he's the guy who's just like Always working hard and saying he's taking it a day at a time and like signing autographs for kids constantly and like doing charity work and all this stuff. Like it's, you know, kind of cliched almost, but. He's like the good guy superhero. And I think you need someone who fills that role too. And like, we probably need more people who are just like seemingly good, even if it makes them bland from one point of view. So I've come to value that about Trout over time.
0: He is a metronome in a Mm -hmm. way for our baseball watching lives. Right. And, and that is his personality too. I think, you know, there was a lot said about him Face of baseball, whatever, and I think something that Jordan and I eventually kind of agreed upon is like, Mike Trout is not the guy for like attracting new fans necessarily, but he's outstanding at retention. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're in on baseball, Mike Trout is going to keep you in on baseball once you find out about him, right? Yeah.
3: And it seems it seems like it seems like other ballplayers really like him. Like, he seems to be very well-liked. And when you're the best at something, and, you know, we talked about year-to-year variation, blah, blah, whatever. Like, when you're the Mike Trout of your generation, it would be easy for people to dislike you no matter how nice you are just because you're the best and it's a competitive field and they're competitive young guys and they want to, you know, take that mantle. But he seems to be very well-liked by everyone who comes in contact with him in the game even though you know he does want to tell you about the 10-day forecast but that's useful you know you don't want to be caught unawares even if you have an app in your pocket maybe it's not working or what have you so I i don't know it seems like a good indicator that people could have all sorts of reasons to have animus toward him just because they're jealous and they just don't really seem to so that's nice
1: He's wholesome, <laughs> and he seems, at least from afar, like kind of uncomplicated. Like he just wants to play baseball and be the best at baseball, and devote himself to that, and take care of his family. And like he knows where he wants to play, and he decided that he wanted to stay there, and he <laughs> just did. And like he does what he wants to do. And remember when there was that back and forth between like Rob Manfred taking shots at Trout for like not promoting himself more, and then Trout or the Angels kind of back a bit like he is who he is and like he's, he's not apologetic about that and he's not trying to be something he's not and he's not the iconoclast he is not like Mr. let the kids play and overturn all the unwritten rules or anything he's not like upholding unwritten rules or enforcing them or anything he's not like Mr. traditionalist old school guy either he's just going about his business and like there's nothing not to admire about him
2: And I, I would just say like the the one thing I would add to this is that it's a small thing, but there are a lot of baseball players we talk about the bland ones, the ones who are maybe you know putting their head down and running, but like. Mike Trout is enjoying himself. Like, he smiles a lot, right? He smiles, he's laughing with his teammates, and, like, that goes a long way, too, where it doesn't look like, like, he does still look like he's having a great time, and even though he's not giving us the best quotes, that still comes through on the TV and makes him just as more likable versus other players where they do look like they're literally doing a job. (laughs) DJ LMAQ. Yeah, exactly. So, So... So you know, not to name not to name DJ not to name DJ but you know DJ Lemayhew. Lame- so you know that's that's another thing that I would uh, I would just add on the on the Trout personality thing. But yeah. anyway, Meg, I think you're up.
3: Yeah, well, we we covered it a little bit in in our discussion here, but I really, despite the fact that I would love to see him play October baseball more often, I really love that he decided to stay with the Angels. And, like, he committed. Like, there is a no-trade clause in that contract. <laughs> he is staying in Anaheim. And I think, you know, if you look at the the Fangraph's leaderboard since 2012, it's a lot of dashed-out team names, right? It's a lot of guys who have moved around. And there's nothing wrong with moving around. I think that, you know, trades happen, and dudes should be able to play where they want to and play where they're paid what they're worth, and they need to take care of their families. So I don't... Begrudge anyone, you know, going to different teams, but I do like when we have guys where a fan base can establish a lifelong connection with someone. And there's something, there's something really lovely. It's like the, it's, it's quietly the biggest vote of confidence and sort of braggiest thing he's ever done to sign a deal that long with Anaheim with a full no trade. It suggests that he thinks, well, I'm going to get him there. Like we're going <laughs> to, We're going to go to the playoffs in the course of this contract and I'm going to do it. It's like quietly very, you know, braggadocious on (laughs) his part. But the nicer thing is that you just don't get a lot of guys where they're with one team for their entire careers And I think that when when we have really great players who are like, that's a thing to celebrate. That's a special thing to get to cultivate that kind of lifelong bond with a player and say, like, that's our guy, you know, and Mike Trout is good enough at baseball that he's all of our guys. And, you know, we spend so much time talking about him that. You know, it's shocking that Ben is only just now watching every Angels game, but.
1: <laughs> I know, I feel almost disloyal. It's like, what are it's the, the odds te- that- He doesn't I know. I know, a teammate would. Yeah, that's right. I-, I could be watching just to get the odd shot of Mike Trout on the bench yeah. <laughs> in the dugout occasionally. That's why I'm watching the Angels game this season. Yeah,
3: yeah, he doesn't know. So So, you know, like he wouldn't. I think when you reach a certain level of talent where even if we think the face of baseball conversation is just sort of inherently silly and the strength of the sport is that there are multiple faces of baseball. If if you reach a certain skill level, I think you become bigger than just your affiliation with your team, but that connection is still really magical. And I think that for, you know, to, to Jake's point about retention, like imagine growing up a baseball fan in orange County and you're You're a kid now, you probably don't remember the angels ever being in the postseason, but like you've had trout your whole fandom. It's like being able to root for Felix on steroids, not Felix on steroids, but like the experience of rooting for Felix amped up on steroids anyway. you know what I'm trying to say. So I really like that about him. and yeah. I hope that his very well-earned self-confidence proves to to come to fruition, even if it's not this year.
1: I really am the embodiment of the distracted boyfriend meme when it comes to <laughs> Trout and Otani. Like, I just I hope they can both be healthy at the same time so that yeah. I can gaze at them both at once and I won't have to turn my head. But yeah, it's, it's obviously not one of my favorite things about Trout's career that he is one for 12 in his one playoff appearance. Although yeah. the one was a homer, we must point of course. out. Of course. But I, I wish that he had had more October moments I think the silver lining, though, is that, like, it does teach you something about baseball. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has not made the playoffs more than that. And I'm not saying it's worth it or that uh, I'm glad that he has suffered and missed the playoffs many times to give us an object lesson in how baseball works. But, like... Really, I think it does tell you something that a team can have the best player of his generation or possibly any generation. And that's just not enough. And in any other sport, or a lot of other sports, at least in basketball, that would be enough. You know, maybe not to win a title, but at least to get you to the playoffs. And yeah. in baseball, it's just not. And that's something I actually kind of like about baseball. I don't like that it has cost Mike Trout many playoff appearances, but I do like that roster construction that team building is more complex than just going and getting one guy so in a way it's a bug but in a way it's a feature and it is at least a learning opportunity i guess just you know if you don't understand how baseball works then look at mike trout's career and the angels lack of success and i guess people might discount his own contributions and and Falsely assume that he can't actually be that valuable if he hasn't single handedly propelled the team to the playoffs. But those of us in the know who would never interpret it that way would just conclude that nope, this is baseball. It actually takes a strong supporting cast. And unfortunately, he hasn't had one.
2: No, I think Mike Trot is a losing player. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. Technically true technically true. I don't think
0: he has what it really takes.
2: (laughs) How bad does he want it? I mean,
1: (laughs) honestly. like, Really, a lot of smiling and laughing, Mike Trout. You seem to lose every year. No, okay, I'm kidding. Would he have stayed? Would he have signed that contract if he really wanted to win? Exactly. I mean, people...
2: Listen, people will say that with a straight face, so careful now. Mike
1: Trout
0: signed a contract with the perpetual 79-83 and Los Angeles (laughs) Angels. Yeah, that's... yeah. But I agree with... And, like, I would also add that, like... I have we both carry a lot
2: of disdain for the angels org because right we all whatever we don't have to yeah. explain why we all want to be in the postseason and I'm with you but as someone who has spent many hours on Mike Trot's baseball reference page and plan to continue to do so in the future for the next 5, 10, 20, 30, 50,000 years you know we know it's way prettier if there's no other team right if it says team yeah, if yeah. there's one team there right I mean I'm thinking way far ahead here but like that page could really live on in Special right. beauty if he does stay with yep. the same team. All we don't
0: time. need that last year to say Milwaukee. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes,
2: we really, 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 don't. or or Philly at like age forty-six. Philly, the
3: last, Philly. <laughs> well, I'm pro. That. I'd give him Philly. Kevin
2: Harper, That'd be that fun. would be the exception. I'd that give him Philly. Exception. That'd be fine. oh with Harper at the end of his contract. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, anyway. then he could go to Eagles games so easily. That'd be nice for him. But there you go. I'm more concerned about his B ref page than his making <laughs> the playoffs. So there <laughs> you go. Okay, Ben. Who? What is Mr. Relevant of this, this is, Mike shot this
0: draft? Is, <laughs> this is Ben Lindbergh's twelfth. <laughs> <laughs> he lost a lot of free agents. I,
2: like, yes, this is your five comedy. more that
1: I'm gonna try to slide in under that's the spot. I'll
2: I'll I'll throw <laughs> we'll in some it. some rapid fire ones at the end too. But go ahead. Yeah, for the last official one.
0: It's like when the Rays had 18, <laughs> 18 picks. And was it 2012? 2011, <laughs> 2011. Yeah. I guess
1: good times. Okay, this is sort of a silly one, but I guess I will take the fact that he was the only player on stage when MLP televised the first round oh, of the draft right for here. the first time ever. Like what a wonderful thing that he happened to be there. And I guess he was there because it was in New Jersey probably. Right. Like I assume that was in Secaucus. I don't really recall. Usually it it is. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's New Jersey. He's always in New Jersey when he can be seemingly. So (laughs) why would he not show up? And like, he wasn't wasn't. obviously the headliner, right? Like he was not going to be the number one pick or anything. So so. I haven't gone back and watched that footage for a while. Like, you know, He was like obviously on camera because he was like literally the only guy there who showed up for that event, which is wonderful. And like maybe he wouldn't have shown up if he had been a bigger, more highly touted prospect. Like maybe the fact that he considered it worth his while to be there is an indication of the fact that like, you know, no one knew that he was going to be Mike Trout someday. But I think it's lucky for all of us that he was there so that we can go back and watch that moment in time where Mike Trout was selected with the 25th pick and no one knew that that was going to turn out to be the first round pick, the first pick off the board in a Mike Trout turns 30 draft years down the road. So just, you know, the serendipity that he happened to be there. Maybe it says something about his personality. Maybe it's a complete coincidence, but I think that's kind of cool.
0: And I'll also say, like Jordan and I had the pleasure to—I think three years, yeah, three, three years. years yeah. We when we were working at MLB, we spent the day with the draft kids who went to New Jersey. Mm. And any year there was, I think, between four and six of them, and they were all nice and you know fine and wide-eyed. And I'll never forget Trevor Rogers seeing uh, Times Square for the first time. <laughs> but all of them, like. There was something about it that felt – like it was cool for them but it like it, it wasn't – it doesn't carry the same gravitas as like the other drafts. Like it just doesn't have the same show. And I could – there was always something a little bit rinky-dink to the whole Secaucus draft. Mm-hmm. And for Mike Trout to be the only kid at the dance. At the first dance. At the first dance yeah is just beautiful that it wasn't about him looking cool like he didn't care right he was like i'll go like okay like we'll drive 2 hours north like whatever it almost feels like
2: if it was in manhattan he would have gone he wouldn't have gone ooh great take <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's like ah
0: it's just up the, you know it's in jersey yeah just up
2: yeah. There, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll make it happen um mm-hmm. yeah no it is it is a great image and i would love to go back and watch like i can like picture it and of course he was like he's you know extra young for his class so he's just like this weird you know, 17-year-old in this awkward studio. And it almost feels like, you know, that was made it all worth MLB Network being in Secaucus, New Jersey. I mean, that, that has, they've held on to that forever and they will never leave. Um, I, I still have stuff there. Yes, yes, you do. Uh, sorry for another day. Um, but yes, no, that is, that, is a, that is a great pick, obviously. There's so many draft-related ones we could pick.
3: Can I do a draft-related one that I find just delightful? Sure. And here I'm going by baseball reference war because they have a nice draft rule about this. So, you know, I love, we've talked about how he was picked 25th overall. If you sort the the oh, yeah. first-round war board from that year, you sort all the first-round guys by their career war, by baseball reference war, Mike Trout has 75.9 wins. You have to add the war of Steven Strasburg, A.J. Pollock, and Zach Wheeler, and you are still a win shy of Mike Trout. Steven Strasburg, who, like, was, no one was like, oh, the Nationals made a bad choice at number one. He was, like, the guy. They were like, yeah, he was incredible at San Diego State. You should draft Steven Strasburg. Incredible college pitcher, right? No one was like, oh, you've made a horrible mistake. Those three guys combined. You have to combine them, and even then, you come up short. I love it. It's great.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, the, we could do it till, the war ones are, go yeah, for it, we go all night.
0: I had this on my list that Mike Trout is war and war is Mike Trout in yeah, my mind.
1: I had that too, yeah.
0: Where like, you know, I always compare war to getting on an airplane. Like, I don't know how this works,
1: <laughs>
0: but I trust that someone smarter than me has made the calculations necessary for this to operate correctly. Mm -hmm. also the vaccine uh is is kind of sort of like that and so for war it's like i don't know how this is calculated but like mike drowns the best at it and so i watch him and he's the best so Mm -hmm. it's fine with me
2: right and he was doing it good he was like good enough long enough to where everyone was like Damn, I guess war is. I guess war is right. (laughs) He convinced everyone single-handedly. Yeah,
1: there's such a a synergy, there's like a symbiotic relationship between war and trout because they like they kind of both blossomed at the same time in the national consciousness, and, and they just fed off each other, where like you needed war to fully appreciate how good trout was. And you needed Trout to appreciate how useful war was. And yeah. they just, like, ascended at the same time. And and that was another, like, teaching opportunity, I think, just to go back to the Cabrera Triple Crown and those MVP debates and everything. And, man, like, now with Trout turning 30 and Cabrera about to hit his 500th homer, like, life comes at you fast. But oh, yeah. things have changed a lot. And that conversation and that debate would probably be a lot different today. Who knows? Maybe we'll find out if we have Otani with the war lead, another angel, and and Vlad ends up like challenging for the triple crown. I guess we'll see how it plays out this time, but. That was a case where like, you know, the, the war gap between Trout and Cabrera and yeah, it kinda of became like a an old school versus new school, silly online play war for a little while there. But like I think a lot of people learned from that. Just, you know, the fact that you had agree. Cabrera with the, the old school box score overlapping back of the baseball card stats, and then you had Trout who was just Better overall, but you needed war to tell why he was so much better overall, and so yeah, I totally agree.
0: Ready for a steamy hot take? I don't mind mm-hmm. that that Cabrera one. I know I'm the young guy. <laughs> I know Trout deserved it. Cabrera, I, like that one, does not bug me as much mm-hmm. as the 2015 one.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Which yeah. the one, Donaldson one, like. It Cabrera won the Triple Crown. It's pretty cool. Like he wasn't the best player, and like we all know that now. And like we look back, and it's fine.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's to to some degree, it's just like, damn, I wish Barry Bonds had ten MVPs instead of seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's fine. Like he's he's still gonna have plenty, and it's it's okay. But but you're right. Like yeah. people cared. Like that was a yeah, thing that, was that, that, that a people yeah. freaking deal, man. Oh my god. That
0: people really cared about. And you know, you look back on it now, and it's like hmm, there are more important things going on. <laughs> I don't need to
2: get <laughs> this mad about them. No, <laughs> I would rather. No,
1: it's still real to me, damn it. Yeah, yeah come on sorry Ben <laughs> oh
3: I did it damn it he doesn't do that very often <laughs>
1: whoa whoa, whoa. Yeah. oh boy it's, it's a wrestling meme, then, yeah. But, but yeah I've never like Gotten that into like award debates really because it, it doesn't change like how the player actually performed. But for a while, there, like when you just had like the old school cranky columnists who were like, Triple Crown, end of story. And I guess you also had like the sabermetricians being like, yeah. war, war, end of story. But yeah. it does maybe feel they like, we've more a long it feels like we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, anyone else have anything else they want to get off their chest? A little lightning round here.
2: Do you, I have like two and a half more quick mm-hmm. ones. Um, sure. I'm just gonna go. quick. Do you have any more, Jake? Are good? plain tweets. You go. Oh yes, I yeah. that that okay. was on. That was the definitely on my mind. The plain emoji yeah. tweets
1: are on my mind. And the the extra space before the the punctuation oh, course, that we talked course, about uh, on many effectively oh, live episodes. I, wow, are you that, guys
2: talking about that? <laughs> Honestly, one of my favorite conversations ever. <laughs> the fact that he was committed to East Carolina, I think is yep. hilarious yep.
0: i love that i would well I... okay i forgot to bring this up yeah the jersey number one jersey thing is from east carolina oh east carolina geez. apparently used to do that with a number 15 jersey so he's a pirate and they through told and through. Oh my goodness. mike trout about it and then he then Started it at Millville. So with so why, East, did, why Carolina, didn't he turn down the Angels and go down to Greenville? I, I think mean, you know on. the answer to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, talk about alternate timelines. Oh, my goodness. Mike Trout dominates the <laughs> American <laughs> conference. Mike Trout, because remember, we were just talking about him being the best player in baseball when he was 20. That would have been it his sophomore year, I guess, or junior year. Um, He's just taking it to like UNC Greensboro. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the right <laughs> Yes, so that's a good one. And then I was just going to take the J.J. Hardy catch. Oh, yeah. That yeah like Mm -hmm. that is one of the best defensive plays of the last 10 years easily and he happened to do that too right you know it's just one of those things it's like (laughs) he has he does have that that moment uh that defensive
0: moment so i adding to that like he jumped in front of the plane ad Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the fence like he he did it in front of the southwest
3: ad, like he flew which
2: by the way that that reminds me of the whole you know He's a subway guy in front of Jersey Mike ads, oh, yeah, what we such a missed opportunity, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they have Jersey Mike ads in angel Angel so you know there's, there's that's a bad thing, yeah, that's that's tough, but but those are those are the the only other ones besides the million other war related ones that I could have come with,
1: but <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm glad we took it an individual play (laughs) because like none of us really had done that. And that's like not the way we consume Mike Trout's career, mostly just like it's the steady accumulation of value, maybe more so than just like the single play. And partly that's just because he hasn't been in the playoffs. And so a lot of the plays blend together. But That's the one, that's the signature one. Like they're obviously like, you know, he'll hit a ball that's like at his ankles 430 feet or something and that's really impressive or he'll beat out a ball that he seemingly has no business beating out and like he's made a lot of home run robberies and there are a lot of cool ones. But that one, because that was like, the the young trout who could do everything better than everyone that was right because that was 2012
2: right yeah that was 2012 Mm -hmm. and that's when he right has the and again he could have just
0: just been in east carolina (laughs) 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 so another one another one i wanted to take and this is a little too personal maybe but like jordan and i know someone who got mike trout out in high school like we actually know someone (laughs) like that's not like a joke You know, and we've talked to them about it and they're like, yeah, it was a line out. Like he hit it a thousand miles an hour. You know, like we know that's real. Like we know someone who got Mike Trout out in high school. And I just love that. That's a thing.
1: And I wonder what he would have hit in college because his dad was a a great college hitter. Mm -hmm. And I, I wrote about that once. But like. I wonder, like, would he have been as good but just in college? <laughs> or right. would he or not would have, he have, been, would have developed been slowed as quickly? Down. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. This facing. is like, well, cool. like
3: the optimistic version of the would the Mariners have been able to screw up Mike Trout <laughs> if they had drafted. <laughs> <heard. laughs>
0: yeah. Just to put this in, you know, Jordan, i talk talking about this all the time. Because, like, we love small school, like, Division three baseball. And New Jersey small school college baseball is, like, as good as it gets. And the kid who we were talking about earlier who war number one at Millville was like one of probably like a one of the best hitters in the country. His kid Ryan McIsaac. He hit four oh five this year. In D three. In D three. And we always joke about like, ooh, what if Mike Trout had just like stayed nearby at home (laughs) and like played Division Three Baseball (laughs) at Rowan College? Like how would that have gone? Would the number have started with a six, a seven? (laughs) seven
2: I think he would have. I do. I do believe it.
3: Maybe he would have started hitting left handed, but just yes. to like give oh a, my bull- God. a shot. 100%. I, I mean
2: he would have pitched. Hundred that's the other thing. He absolutely would have been pitching. That probably would have been true at ECU also. But yeah. A lot of alternate timelines on this podcast. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We've really yeah. gone a lot of different directions.
1: Yeah. How much better could the other timelines be than the one we actually got <laughs> though? Like this I one's know. pretty darn good. I I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, So I got just a couple more here. I'll say, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I think he kind of spoiled us when it comes to prospect promotions and I know that he he did struggle briefly in 2011, and he got a little unlucky, and I wrote about that once. He had, like, a low BABIP and everything, but, like, because he just took the whole baseball world by storm immediately in 2012 when he was still so young, like, it wasn't just him. It was also Harper and Strasburg and later Juan Soto and, like— you know, a bunch of other guys who who came up and were good right away, Jason Hayward. But like, I feel like now we're just so spoiled that when Jared Kelnick comes up and struggles in his first taste of the majors or Wander Franco is like good, but not incredible right away it's like what are they waiting for what's taken so long and so it's like we need to recalibrate to like our pre-trout understanding of like what the aging curve is like and i know the aging curve has kind of changed but like he just he blew our minds so much Early in his career that I think it gave me unrealistic expectations for like every subsequent prospect. So that might be a bad thing, but it is part of his legacy, at least in my mind. And I also want to take the fact that he has been and still is the face of super pretzels.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, why didn't I have this on my board? That's a huge that oversight. Say? It's oh, just the no. best.
1: Like, I know he has bigger endorsement deals, too. No, but this is such the, a good one. You're the so fact right. that he still reps Super Pretzels after all this, and, like, maybe he signed, like, a 14-year deal with Super Pretzels, too. I don't know. <laughs> And they, like, bought an low, No, it was an extension. I think they actually re-upped.
2: <laughs> he stayed with them. He could have gone and right, run right. with a bigger pretzel, pretzel brand, company. But he yeah.
0: decided to stay with Super Pretzels.
2: He I just, like, has it, been you know, with
1: Super Pretzels for, like, maybe his whole career. And you would think that he would have priced himself out of Super Pretzels by this no. point. So, like, he must have given them a sweetheart deal. Like, he, he mm. must have had a chance to opt out or whatever. Like, he can't have signed, like, a career contract like a lifetime deal with super pretzel is that what happened i don't know but like i just went to superpretzel.com and like every time i check i do check periodically to make sure that he is still the sponsor of of super pretzels the spokesman for super pretzel and he still is and like you go and it says Mike Trout, the supernatural, loves super pretzel, and we love him. The major league center fielder grew up snacking on super pretzel soft pretzels, and he's not afraid to let the world know. and he really is not he is He's not really at not. all
2: and here's something wait, keep going keep going i, well, I, I have so the, much more but i just i ahead. love
1: the like the the kind of like low budget like local ad quality of it where it's like the the generic jersey that just says mike trout baseball superstar yep. <laughs> and then his hat says super pretzel <laughs> and it's just the best and i wanted to write about this once like a couple years ago and I actually corresponded with a PR person from Super Pretzel, and there just like wasn't really enough there to do a piece about it. But I was just looking at the email exchange because I wanted to know like the origin story of how Mike Trout became the face of super pretzel and the PR person told me that like the, the CEO and president of super pretzel is like a big sports fan and they've had some other sports spokespeople before. And so they kind of like Mike Trout was on their radar. And so they reached out to, to Trout and uh, all parties felt like they had known each other for years. I'm quoting mm, now. Okay a, okay. a natural effortless fit. Mike was aware of Super Pretzel previously. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he, he was also aware of Icy, you know, the the, yeah. the iced. Yeah. That's also like a and js snack food. It's like they have multiple uh, brands and, and Super Pretzel is one and Icy is another. But unfortunately, he could not become the face of Icy. Because there was another conflict with another contract he had, so he couldn't represent Icy. So there is another alternate timeline, where Mike Trout is not only the face of Super Pretzel, but also the face of Icy. What would that have changed in his career? I don't know. but. I asked, like, can you give me any details about this arrangement? And they told me, while Trout has always been a phenomenal partner toward us, each year of his involvement seems to be better than the last. (laughs) 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 He is always more than willing to partake in photo shoots. See that? Take that, Rob Manfred. Yeah, come on. He's uh, doing his job. He is definitely the face of Super Pretzel. He will attend Q&A cocktail events. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> approved his likeness on our packaging and so much more what what else i want to know what makes this partnership truly noteworthy is the authenticity behind it trout has been a long-standing super pretzel fan since he was a little boy the partnership never feels forced or involuntary and you know okay. what that is true i believe okay. he loves super pretzels because yes. why else would he still be the face i, of
3: super I pretzels? think that this shows that like Like look if you're friends with Mike Trout and he tells you I'm gonna help you move next weekend, I think he helps you move. Like he'll be there. The yeah. angels, the eagles, Super Pretzel, <laughs> like this guy,
1: Jim Cantore, yeah,
3: yeah, like loyal. I bet that the Body Armor Super Drink, a sports drink that he has uh, endorsed since 2012, was the conflict with Icy. I bet that mm-hmm. that was the problem. The Body yeah, Armor body. Super <laughs> Drink. I think,
2: I think that the right, like Body Armor. I was going to bring up Body Armor because Body Armor is definitely just giving him the bag, like which good, good mm-hmm. for Mike Trout, you know, get that. But I, this is Super my Pretzel fr- th- isn't. It- my takeaway here is that yeah. he absolutely loves Super Pretzel and absolutely oh, yeah. has since he was three years old or whatever. <laughs> yep, um, yep. Because that is the only explanation. You know, doing a little research here, looking. Yeah, at pretzel. We're, su- we're, 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 go, we're going deep right now. I'm glad you kept vamping, Ben, because we're going we're going deep into the Super yeah. Pretzel archives here. So <laughs> the
0: Bob Woodward of Super Pretzels. So, so,
2: so the Twitter account is only fo- at least if we follow are followed by Trout and the New York Mets. So, I'm gonna hit that with a follow. So then we're gonna give them a follow, Super Pretzel. But I. Think Think it, it seems that Super Pretzel is owned by a company that is in basically based in South Jersey. So there's mm-hmm. probably so he has some some definitely some regional loyalty some local there. Ties. And mm-hmm. the, the, the last, I mean, again, we could talk about Super Pretzel all night, and I can't. We, I can't no Go go for this. <laughs> no, uh, this one, is not but, SponCon. We are not sponsored not. by Super no, Pretzel, unlike. But I yeah. just I think the funniest <laughs> thing that I just found when I googled Mike Trout Super Pretzel is. A box on eBay of a uh, Mike Trout Angel's super pretzel box for $3. Why wouldn't you just go to the store and actually buy super pretzels?
0: <laughs> I don't understand. This isn't
2: like signed or anything. Like I can just go to the grocery store tomorrow and probably find a super pretzel box with Mike Trout's face on it. I, yeah. um, I just texted so- this
0: to Meg. Yeah. But they're these a are, pair of custom. Oh, super. Jay, I these are I, incredible. I these are Dunks. Oh, um, my goodness. SB Dunks. Custom super pet pretzel colorway. <laughs> okay. That they made for Mike Trout. I am
2: just going to go out here and vow right now in this podcast that <gasps> if we ever get the chance, this is not a bet. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I will but, walk to Chicago. But if we <laughs> ever get a chance to talk to Mike Trout, this is number one on the we will ask yeah. him about super pretzel before anything else this and because like again it's not like there's that much he and we know he's going to be excited to talk about it yeah, both yeah. because mm-hmm. they're paying him whatever they're paying him <laughs> and because he, he freaking loves, loves super it. It. there's no way it. he doesn't there's no way he doesn't so i think it'll be an instant connection and I, and I can't wait to talk to him about super pretzel
3: i have long had the theory and and this could go this could go fast in a good or terrible direction, but I have I have long been of the of the mind that your best chance for a good trout interview is at an Eagles game. Yeah. Like go go to yeah. an Eagles game with him and he's just see yeah, yeah, just see where it goes. Now, he's very serious about the Eagles, so you Three who are not big football fans would need to do some prep because I half bet time. he would want to talk yeah, about the game time. and that might yeah. be taxing for you. But, um, <laughs> but you have Super Pretzel as a backup, so I think it'd be mm-hmm. fine, actually.
1: Yeah, oh. I found the press release. They, they signed him in October 2012. So <laughs> early, early after No, but yeah, that's still after you know, the best season ever. I mean, right. But yeah, no. I mean, it's, it would be it. more impressive if it were it. preseason and it's like yeah. everyone else was like, Matt Moore is the best prospect in baseball. And Super Pretzel was like, no. 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 Super Pretzel was choosing between Matt Moore and, and Mike Chubb. And they you can made it the a right super ball.
3: pretzel watch yeah. on Etsy for $20. Oh, wow.
1: So it says it was a, a multi year agreement. Doesn't say how many years, but it says we believe the combination of Mike representing our super pretzels, soft pretzels, churros, and other related products is a rare combination of the best of the best. Oh, people so... don't know this
0: but rolled gold had uh had matt moore all locked up and i think snyder's <laughs> might have had harper oh in man the pretzel, in the pretzel race
2: yeah
1: and auntie Anne's <laughs> yeah. had randall gritchard all right i'm done sorry the other thing i asked the super pretzel pr person is like does mike trout get unlimited super pretzels like is that <laughs> the <laughs> perk is that why he is so loyal to the brand and they said there's no set quantity of super pretzels that he gets. But, and I'm quoting, <laughs> he, he knows he is welcome to all the super pretzels, soft pretzels that he wants.
0: <laughs> Wait. Did you, just <laughs> you, Des, you didn't write this story? Know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm
1: sorry. I'm here. glad I'm getting this out somehow oh we are always happy to send soft pretzels and other goodies to mike his family and his teammates and i want to know oh, like are teammates. his teammates taking him up on this like does he have a, a room in his house that is where he stores super pretzels does he just have like a monthly <laughs>
3: delivery is there a specific person he calls at super pretzels and I'm like yeah oh mike. straight to the top <laughs> Yo, Come on, i'm out re-up. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> right he's uh going straight i love to the it. top come
2: on let's let's be real because like,
0: like on one hand giving a guy a lifetime supply of pretzels <laughs> is wild but like what are you gonna say no if my child calls you and he's like can i have a pretzel yeah it's <laughs>
2: just this just happened when when Janis won the championship and went to chick-fil-a and was like can i get lifetime supply of chick-fil-a and they're like. Ah, sorry, we can't do that. It's like what? Like at least live in live in the moment. I mean, go with the flow. Even at least say the right thing. But no, super pretzel. There's no yeah. way he
1: doesn't have to back up stuff. the truck, and the truck yeah. is full of super pretzels. And exactly. The last thing I asked was like, has it worked? Like, has, has Trout enhanced Super Pretzel sales? And they said. We see a direct spike in social media (laughs) interactions and advertising recall and awareness when using Mike's image and likeness. This is a true partnership. Mike has become a member of our team and our J and J snack foods family. We look forward to many more years to come. And so do I. Talk about (laughs) it like
0: it's a partnership. Like he's benefiting like his (laughs) global platform well he's getting as many super pretzels as he wants right like it's like (laughs) lebron and nike or something right (laughs) man if it wasn't for super pretzel like no one would know about mike
1: trout yeah the q rating is skyrocketing because of the super Pretzels sponsorship that that's the thing it's like it's not what you would think of as like an athlete endorsement. Like, it's not Gatorade or Body Armor or whatever, mm-hmm. it, or even like Subway, which like wants you to think it's like healthy food, at least. Like, Super Pretzel is, it's a pretzel. It's not like a performance super, enhancing it's substance. It's a super pretzel, pretzel. It is a super
3: Aren't pretzel. Are they frozen?
1: They are yeah. frozen. I've yeah. had the box in my freezer for years, or at least I was going to say, <laughs> sure. I
2: have definitely experienced a spike in super pretzel. Oh, since yeah. Mike Trout, you know. And and honestly, yes. I'm not I just searched, you know, Mike Trout Super Pretzel on Twitter and I have a tweet from from us, September 2013. <laughs> I had bought a Mike Trout Super Pretzel box because I said just when I thought I couldn't love Mike Trout anymore, he shows up on the Super Pretzel box, most valuable yeah. pretzel. Yeah, so there you I, go.
1: The sponsorship is paying off right now on this podcast. Oh We've been talking about time. Super Pretzels for twenty minutes. If you, I if mean,
2: you're listening to this, and you aren't about to go. At least <laughs> look for a Mike Trout Super Pretzel box. You are lying. You are absolutely. lying. I would lying. like
0: someone who listens to this pod, someone out there, <laughs> just tally the total amount of times that the word "Super Pretzel" <laughs> is super said pretzel. on this pod. Over oh. under, I'll set it at seventy five. <laughs> uses of the word super pretzels
3: do you think he brings super pretzels to like all of the angels gatherings like if they have like a yeah, clubhouse potluck is are they like Mike uh, enough with the super pretzels already
1: yeah. so Otani hooked on super pretzels now mm. yeah mm. like anyway after we publish this podcast there's definitely going to be a direct spike in social media interactions they're and better advertising be. recall and awareness so-
2: we need to look trout's been out for whatever two three months now like they don't mm-hmm. have like highlights to quote tweets so we got to give a little boost before he comes back
1: yep yeah. all, right. all right i think oh, that's all my super pretzel material i can anyone else save that no we're not <laughs> topping that yeah. well, we that should done. have been the first overall, overall pick
2: really yeah. no this was better this was better this way if you if you stuck around for the good stuff you know god bless <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I will just thank Mike Trout for the memories. We hope there will be many more. You know, he's he's a Hall of Famer. If he were to retire today, if this were somehow a, a career-ending calf strain, he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He already has the war of a Hall of Famer. And hopefully he's only like halfway-ish through his career. And who knows how the second half will be. I would not be at all surprised if he ages gracefully and We'll just hope for the best, but he's already given us so much both as baseball watchers and as podcasters because like the Mike Trout hypotheticals are are sort of the signature of Effectively Wild. There have been dozens of them. They're all collected on the Effectively Wild wiki, which I will link to thanks to that page. I know that we have actually talked about what if Mike Trout had to switch hit on episode 364 and then what if he had to hit lefty on episode 999 and more on switch hitting on episode 1002. And what if Mike Trout had gone to college in a episode 434 we've done it all and i never tire of considering new ones and we'll probably get some super pretzel related bike trout hypotheticals <laughs> after we post oh this boy, podcast. Oh boy i cannot wait <laughs> all right jake jordan thank you for joining us from the holiday and express and we will reconvene here i i hope in 10 years we'll all be here and healthy and happy. And so we'll make trout and we will celebrate his 40th at that time. And until then you can find Jake and Jordan on Twitter at Cespedes barbecue or BBQ. You can find them also on the ringer MLB pod every week where I also appear on separate podcasts, but the real highlight is Jake and Jordan every week. And of course, you can read them and hear them and watch them on fox as well they're everywhere just like mike trout on super pretzel boxes so guys thank you so much for joining us thanks it's you been both. a
0: pleasure i'm gonna
1: go sleep i'm <laughs> gonna go do that these pretzels are making me thirsty <laughs> yes they are Okay, that will do it for today and for this week. Thanks, as always, for listening. You can support Effectively Wild on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash effectivelywild. The following five listeners have already signed up and pledged some small monthly amount to help keep the podcast going and get themselves access to some perks. C.J. Labasi, Jacqueline, Gretchen Koffer Chris Pascoff, and Finn mchattie Straley. Thanks to all of you. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash you can rate, review, and subscribe to Effectively Wild on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast platforms. Keep your questions and comments for me and Meg coming via email at podcast.fangraphs.com or via the Patreon messaging system if you are a supporter. Thanks to Dylan Higgins for his editing assistance. We hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we will be back to talk to you early next week. When i
0: finally gone, I'm gonna be gone without a trace There's a lot of good times ahead Before I leave this place, you are my number one, yeah, you are my number one, what, baby? you are my number one, yeah, you are my number
2: one. And I typed in Mike Trout Super, and then obviously since it's just cards, it's Mike Trout Super Fractor. I'm like, no, I need Mike Trout Super Pretzel. So <laughs> no, just let's be clear what we're trying to do here.